it's right there. Right there, Ronald Reagan. Okay. It looks like oh. a video. Okay. Yeah. Let's go to the next song. We'll just pretend communion happened. U.S. something you were proud of this past year? Yeah. yeah? You didn't do anything you were proud of? Okay. <laughs> so who did something that you regret this past year? Regret means you did something you wish you hadn't done. If you're honest, right, you'd raise your hand. <laughs> no, you didn't do anything you regret. Okay. Well, many of us have done something we regret. And maybe it was something embarrassing, or we hurt someone's feelings by our actions. Sometimes the memories of those regrets stick in our mind, right? And they make us feel bad. <coughs> So getting stuck on what we did in the past can really mess up how we feel about the future. So we're going to try something, okay? We have a lot of kids, so this will be fun. So what I want you to do is stand in front of me and face this sign. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We are going to do a race. We're going to race from here to back there by the door. See that Missy? That's Missy. She's my daughter. She's holding a sign. We're going to race back there. And, but, guess what? Turn and face me. We're going to race backwards. So you're going to look at this sign, 2022. That's last year, okay? 
So guess what else? If you bump into anybody, if you fall down, if you peek behind you to see where you're going, you have to sit down. You're out. Okay? So we've got quite a big, big um, amount of kids. So it's a race, but it's okay. Just don't bump into anybody. Okay? So you have to be really careful. Are you ready? No? Okay, scoot all over here. Remember, don't go too fast. Because if you bump into anybody or fall over or hit anything, you have to sit down where you're at. Okay? And you want to make it back there to Missy. Ready? Set. Go. behind you? Mm -hmm. Anybody else? Yeah. Because it's hard. Yep, because you can't see where you're going, right? Anybody else? Yeah. Right, so you have to be really careful, right? Exactly. So, I've made a bad choice sometime in my life. You know what? If I didn't ask for forgiveness, it just sticks in my mind, and I think about it, and it bothers me a lot. Have you ever done that? You made a bad choice, you did something you probably shouldn't have done, and it bothers you? No. Some people say yes, some people say no. Yeah. So, um, how can remembering our bad choices help or hurt us in the future? Yeah, Leah. Like that. Sometimes you can learn from your mistakes and make them better. Anybody else? Nobody else wants to venture to say. Yeah. You could fix them. Oh, you could fix them, exactly, yes. You could fix your mistake, right? Maybe by saying you're sorry? Okay, yes, exactly. So we're going to read a Bible verse. I have a couple of helpers that are going to read this for me. We're going to read Philippians chapter 3. Is Philippians in the Old Testament or the New Testament? New? Very good. Oh, we have some KFC people here. New Testament. And chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. So Autumn is going to read 13, and Aaliyah is going to read 14. 
Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize of for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Thank you, girls. Nice reading. So let's put this verse into practice. Rather than focusing on what's behind us last year, right? We are going to focus, or we are going to look forward to what's ahead. So there, 2023 and, what else? Yes, Jesus. So, everybody stand up. We're going to race one more time. It's kind of a slow race, though. Face me. Guess what you get to do this time? You get to turn around and go towards 2023 and Jesus. Yep, but don't run, okay? And don't knock anybody over. <laughs> Ready? Set, go. Good job. Come on back. Good job. Was that easier to watch where you're going? Yes. So let's put, let's see. Um, what does it mean to press on for God? Does anybody know what that means? That's part of the verse. Charlotte? Follow him? Okay, yep. Anybody else want to guess? To put his words into practice. Not to dwell on the past, but to look forward to the future. Press on for God. How can you live for God, for Jesus this year? Can anybody give me an idea? How can you live for Jesus this year? Yeah, Charlotte? Listen in church. I love that idea. Yes. Exactly. Listen in church. Listen to what Pastor Jason is saying in your Sunday school class. Listen to God. Listen to God. Because he talks to you, doesn't he? Yes, in many ways. Study the Bible. Study the Bible. Exactly. Very good. You guys got some good answers. So a lot of people make New Year's resolutions on New Year's Day. You know what a resolution is? Something we say that we're going to do, right? A promise you make to yourself, yes. So some people say they're going to get more exercise, they're going to read more, they're going to eat healthier foods. Those are all good goals. But the most important goal we have is a, in a lifelong, this is a lifelong goal, is to live for Jesus. We live every day focused on Him and we'll have fewer regrets during the year because we can ask Jesus to help us and lead us, right? Yes. 
And we'll always know that Jesus forgives us for the wrong things that we do when we ask him to forgive us, right? So don't dwell in the past and just keep your eyes on... Say it really loud. Ready? Who do we keep our eyes on this year? Jesus! Very good. You guys can go back to your parents after you get a supper. adult object lesson will be dodgeball. And how, I'm not sure what that would apply to. Doesn't dodgeball sound fun? Or the trash, adult trash can game Sunday morning is one I always wanted to try. Trash can game. If you've played the trash can game, raise your hand. Come on. This one. Super dangerous. Super dangerous. Well, those were some good answers. I like that. That was good stuff. What are we doing here, you guys? Well, if you want to look in your bulletin, or you can look up here in the screen, that picture right there is the Rock of Gibraltar. And I've been telling you that for the past couple months, that we are to found our life, build our life, as the foundation of our life, the Rock. And I've been telling you that the Rock, as Jesus mentions it in Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. There it is. That's the verse that we have been digging into. And we've been reading through, studying through the Sermon on the Mount with that verse always in mind. The foundation. The foundation of a Christian life is the words of Jesus Put into practice. Not just the words of Jesus. The words of Jesus put into practice. You've got to have both. Lord, as we open up your word today, it is with a sense of expectation and anticipation. Speak to us, Lord. We want to hear from you. Amen. Well, it's 2023, and I've got a newsflash for you. The world has changed a lot. Ooh, surprising. In fact, to most of you in here, you would say, that's not surprising at all. Well, I'm speaking as a 46-year-old guy, so some of you might think that's super old. Some of you might think that that's super young, right? So, I'm just saying from where I'm at, my perspective as a 46-year-old person is that in my lifetime, this world has changed a lot. A lot. For those of you that are older than me, I know that what you have witnessed with your own eyes has been a level of change that as children, I'm willing to guess you had no way of ever even thinking things were going to change as much 
as they have. Because I think that about my own life. I did not expect the world to look like it does today when I was 10. I didn't expect it to change this much. Now, some of these changes are good. Okay, so I'm, I don't want to make a doom and gloom thing here. I mean, the you know medical advances are just amazing. and I mean, it, there's some good changes that have happened. I'm not suggesting that change is bad just because it's change. I don't believe that. But I will say this. Our country and our culture has changed dramatically when it comes to Christianity. Dramatic change, even in my lifetime, regarding Christianity. And those of you older than me, you're kind of just nodding. And in your lifetime, those of you that are more aged than I am, you have seen a change in Christianity and the church that goes beyond anything that you could have thought was even going to be possible. To highlight this change, I want to show you something. It's just a short little video. It's only like three minutes, three and a half minutes. It's part of it. No, don't show it yet. I'm not ready yet. Dave, you're jumping the gun. You're jumping the gun. Good. It's ready, though. Good. Okay. So this email, I got this, this video sent to me in an email. You know how sometimes you get email around Christmas time, people send emails. I got this video from an organization that I'm subscribed to. And when I watched it, it just blew my mind. Because it, it brought to me the truth about how much the world has changed in my life. The first president that I remember, even though I was... I was born at the beginning of Jimmy Carter, 1976. But my first president that I remember is Ronald Reagan. He was the president of my childhood. Well, I'm going to show you a video of Ronald Reagan. This is not meant to be a political thing, okay? So I'm not saying Republicans are better than Democrats. That's not what I'm saying, okay? I just want you to watch this video. And if you remember the Ronald Reagan years, I want you to watch this video and I want you to remember what life was like in 1981. If you were not alive in 1981, which is a good portion of this church, I want you to try to imagine what it would be like to live in the world that you are about to see. This is Ronald Reagan's December 23rd, 1981 message to the nation broadcast on national TV. And I want you to consider how much the world has changed since then. Go ahead. Did you turn the lights down, David? Good evening. At Christmas time, every home takes on a special beauty, a special warmth. And that's certainly true of the White House, where so many famous Americans have spent their Christmases over the years. This fine old home, the People's House, has seen so much, been so much a part of all our lives and history. G.K. Chesterton once said that the world would never starve for wonders, but only for the want of wonder. At this special time of year, we all renew our sense of wonder in recalling the story of the first Christmas in Bethlehem nearly 2,000 years ago. Some celebrate Christmas as the birthday of a great and good philosopher and teacher. Others of us believe in the divinity of the child born in Bethlehem, 
that he was and is the promised Prince of Peace. Yes, we've questioned why he who could perform miracles chose to come among us as a helpless babe. But maybe that was his first miracle, his first great lesson that we should learn to care for one another. Tonight, in millions of American homes, the glow of the Christmas tree is a reflection of the love Jesus taught us. Like the shepherds and wise men of that first Christmas, we Americans have always tried to follow a higher light, a star, if you will. At lonely campfire vigils along the frontier, in the darkest days of the Great Depression, through war and peace, the twin beacons of faith and freedom have brightened the American sky. At times, our footsteps may have fallen, but trusting in God's help, we've never lost our way. Just across the way from the White House stand the two great emblems of the holiday season, a menorah symbolizing the Jewish festival of Hanukkah and the national Christmas tree, a beautiful towering blue spruce from Pennsylvania. Like the national Christmas tree, our country is a living, growing thing planted in rich American soil. Only our devoted care can bring it to full flower. So let this holiday season be for us a time of rededication. Christmas means so much because of one special child. But Christmas also reminds us that all children are special. That they are gifts from God. Gifts beyond price that mean more than any presents money can buy. In their love and laughter, in our hopes for their future, lies the true meaning of Christmas. So, in a spirit of gratitude for what we've been able to achieve together over the past year, and looking forward to all that we hope to achieve together in the years ahead, Nancy and I want to wish you all the best of holiday seasons. As Charles Dickens, who said so well in A Christmas Carol, God bless us, everyone. fabric of this country that is no longer the fabric of this country. 
I don't want it to be that way. I'm just telling you that's the way it is right now. We don't live in that world of 1981. And trust me, not everything in 1981 was God. Okay, I'm not trying to say that either. But there was a difference in the understanding of what our country was then compared to what it is today. Now, I'm always super skeptical about using statistics in, in my sermons. So I, I hardly ever bring up statistics because they can be manipulated, right? By the way you ask the question, you can get a certain answer that you want in statistics. So I'm not a big fan of like polling and pollsters and all that stuff because all I see 95% of the time, all of that is just manipulated to make someone say what they want to be heard. Does that make sense? So I just want to show you something though that is worth us seeing. So here is a chart by the Pew Research Institute. Now you may not be able to read that. In the U.S., Roughly 3 in 10 adults now religiously unaffiliated. So you see this right here? 78% in 2007. 78% said that they are Christian. They identify as Christian in the poll. In 2021, that's down to 63%. In 2007, this is the number, 16%, who said that they have no religion. When the question was asked, what religion are you, they said they don't have any. In 2021, that's gone up to 29%. We're scratching one-third of this country is willing to say to a pollster, I have no religion. And this is why... Things like Ronald Reagan's speech to the country are no longer on TV. Because politicians won't win if they say that. Don't expect politicians to be the savior of this for our country. The politicians will do what they need to do to win the votes. I don't care if they're Republican or Democrat or anything in between. Politicians are not going to save us. Politicians are not going to bring us back to a way of life that we yearn for. And it's not just in big cities. Do you know this morning, this morning, on Facebook, somebody checked into our church on Facebook and put a derogatory and profane meme on our Facebook page, New Life Church of God. Somebody who lives in Bertha and they were willing to have their name associated with putting a profane, derogatory thing on our Facebook page. Basically saying that Christianity is a hoax, except using vulgarity. That happened this morning in Bertha. Now I'm not saying that because, oh, we're so persecuted. I don't think we're persecuted. Go look at the Voice of the Martyrs table out there. That's persecution. I'm saying this because we don't live in a world that used to be. We live in this world. Are we as a church going to do something about right now or are we going to keep living in the past? The 
If we're going to make a difference in this world where 30% of the people say they don't have any religion at all, we're going to have to make some changes, folks. So, what can we do? Let's talk about the options. Okay? There's lots of options, but I believe that there are three primary options that Christians have been choosing in light of all of this that we are seeing. The first option, I think you will be familiar with. Okay? The first option is to get angry. The first option is to get angry. You see, for many people, for you younger folks in here, for many people that are my age and older, we have felt angry about the change. We don't want this change. We didn't ask for this change. We don't like this change. And we feel like, you see, that anger is coming from a place of loss. We've lost something that is meaningful to us. What have we lost? We've lost the security of feeling like our belief system is shared by most of the people around us. The security that what we believe is what our country believes. The security of knowing that if I say something about Jesus, people just know that Jesus is Lord. The security of knowing that the leaders that we have speak of Jesus to the entire nation as the king. We're mad because we've lost that. So if you're younger than 46, and you can't figure out why all of us old people are angry much of the time, it's because we've lost something that we didn't expect to lose in our lifetime. And it hurts. Now this is going to cause all kinds of emotions. I mean, anger's one, but we also feel sadness. We feel loss. Depression. We feel like we don't want to interact with people. We don't want to go out in society. We feel like every time we look at our phone or we turn on the TV, all we see is more of this stuff. We just want things to go back to the way it was. Sometimes we lash out at people who are speaking against Jesus and who are actively promoting other ways of life because we're speaking out of that place of loss. That's option one. We can't stay there. We cannot stay there. I know that it hurts to lose this. But when we stay angry as followers of Jesus Christ, we give a bad witness for Jesus, and we are accelerating the decline. Do you understand that? So we must recognize that we're hurting, but we must deal with it in such a way that we don't hurt others more around us and drive people even more away from Jesus. 
that a fair thing to say? Because I think that's where we've been. And by the way, COVID just was like super step on the gas acceleration to this. Right? It just accelerated all of that. Alright, that's the first option. Option number two. This is an option that lots and lots of Christians are choosing along with the first one. So the first one is get angry, get mad. And the second one is hand in hand with it. The second one is withdraw. Lots of Christians are choosing this option. They just have said, I've had enough with this crazy. I'm out. I'm done. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come to church and I'm going to not talk to anybody else around me. I'm just going to come to the church with the people that share my worldview, which is the one from 1981. We're going to come together in a holy huddle. Okay? We're not going to look at anything else. We're just going to come together and then we're going to die. That's the plan. Because I don't need any of this. I'm just going to hang on till heaven. One of the things about being the credentials chairperson of our region, ooh, you know what I get to see? Most churches choosing this path. That's what I get to see. They go, that's what they do. And they just smash together and they don't let anybody else in because anybody else that comes in probably brings some crazy idea. Right? Some idea that goes against... That is not a time to say amen. Okay? Some crazy idea that we don't want to let in because we just want things to be the way they were. And so we hide together and we literally just die together. Nobody comes in. We just die. And you know what? In some ways, that's a lot easier than the third option. That's a lot easier. It just doesn't happen to be what Jesus would have us do. So yeah, I'd like to just get mad and withdraw. That's what I would like to do. That feels safe to me. I want to just go watch Ronald Reagan videos and maybe pull out some, you know, old-time gospel songs or something. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go in my little group. I'm only gonna talk to people that share my same thoughts. I'm not gonna do anything else. I just wanna hide until I die. Because the whole point is just getting to heaven, anyways, right? I mean, what we do on earth, we just need to survive earth, right? We don't need to actually make a difference for Jesus or anything. We just need to survive. You can choose that. But it's not the way of Jesus Christ. Option number three. You know, we could engage... We could engage. We could stand up and say, Jesus Christ is my Savior and Lord. 
We couldn't stand up and say, let me show you a better way. Let me come alongside you in the difficulty and the mess of your life. And not go like this, but go like this. Let me, let me help you see a better way. Let me help you see a better way. That takes my work. That takes a lot of work. That means you can't just sort of be this plasticky performance person on the outside and be something different on the inside. It means you've got to actually buy into this Jesus thing and do it and live it. See, when you withdraw, you can just stay with the shell. You see that? And people just see the shell without having to be changed on the inside. But if you want to actually engage people who are lost in this world, you've got to be authentic. And if you're under the age of 40, let me, let me just ask you under 40s, what do you think of someone who's not authentic? What do you think? Under 40s, how does that make you feel? If someone is acting like they got it together, acting like they're a big Christian, but inside they're a mess. Do you want to see that? Not even a little bit. You don't need another performer in your life, do you? Under 40s. Your whole life is filled with performers on TikTok and YouTube and everything else. All you witness every day, all you are swimming in all the time is people performing. I don't want to be a performer. I want to be an authentic follower of Jesus Christ. That's how this changes. It doesn't change with getting angry. It doesn't change by withdrawing into ourselves. It changes by actually engaging with this world in such a way that they encounter Christ through our lives. That's how this changes. It looks like this, though. Go ahead, Dave. Bam! It looks like that. That's what we got to stand on for that to happen. The words of Jesus put into practice is how we do this, church. You know what that means? You see, back, back in the 1980s, here's something I can tell you about at least my church experience. A lot of people were Christians who went to church and nobody read their Bible. That's what that looked like in the 1980s. Because I decided I need to read my Bible, so I read it through. You know what I discovered? 95% of the adults I thought were strong Christians didn't have a clue what was in here. I was like in seventh grade and knew more Bible stuff than people that were supposed to have been Christians for 50 years. Why? Because they weren't reading their Bible. They're not in, their, in the Word of God. You can't just go with the culture anymore. We have to be authentic followers of Jesus Christ, which means we've got to know the Word of God and we've got to put it into practice. Our culture is not Christian anymore. We can't just cruise with the current. The change is that we are now going against the current. So in 1981, you could just sort of be on the boat and let the boat go down the stream. You see that? Oh, do I need to read my Bible? I mean, maybe. But, I mean, you know. You want to be different today? You want to make a difference for Christ? You've got to be engaged 
And the only way that this works at all is you know the words of Jesus and you put them into practice. Are you mad? Do you want to withdraw? If you continue to just be mad and withdraw, you are pushing people away from Christ. And if you are mad and withdrawn and not in the word, then you should leave this church. Because we're here to make a difference for Jesus Christ in this place. Are you ready to engage? We have opportunity to make a difference for Christ here. What does that look like? Well, let me throw this out there. Read your Bible every day. <laughs> Whoa, rocket science. You gotta make time for Christ. By the way, to be a follower of Jesus Christ means he's your Savior and Lord. Not just your Savior. I'm done with people being mad because of what we lost. Stop looking backwards. I'm ready to engage with what's in front of us and to push back the very doors of hell in this community. But that means we've got to get serious about being in God's Word in 2023. I'm tired of playing. Are you tired of playing? Or do you just want to be mad and withdraw into your little group? Make a choice for Jesus Christ. We'll change this community for him by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to end today with an idea. I think the problem in the church today is that we have no longer the ability to hear the voice of Jesus. And the reason we've lost the ability to hear the voice of Jesus is because we're not communicating with him in his word. When that happens, the church will flounder and it will eventually die. Because we'll just be left to our own devices. And our own devices turn to anger and withdrawal. So, we need to remember and understand the voice of Jesus again. We need to be reminded of his voice. Remember, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. That means you've got to be listening. This is why we're doing the discipleship bands. I'm excited. 70 of you are doing discipleship bands. You're in this. You're working it. Some of you didn't feel like before was the right time, and that's okay, as long as you're still in the Word. Okay? But the discipleship bands are a great way for you to be encouraged to be in the Word. <laughs> Alright? So if you haven't done that, and you feel like now's the time, talk to me. We'll get a discipleship band set up. If you don't feel like that's for you, then be in the Word. That's good. Many of you had, were in the Word before we did this. That's but we've got to once again be able to hear the voice of Jesus.
and to do what he says. So, this week, I heard a song I've heard a hundred times, but it hit me different because of what I was thinking about, what's been on my mind. This is a song you've heard a hundred times. Just listen, and the words will be on the screen, and think about what it means to be able to hear the voice of truth. Yeah. 
you want to hear the voice of truth, you've got to be in His Word. I want to make a difference for Jesus Christ. Will you join me? Let's do this. Let's change this community for Christ. God, 